0: Welcome to the Program Director Podcast with Logan. I'm your host, Logan, a medical student, where I feature different graduate medical education leadership personnel to discuss all things program director related. This podcast is affiliated with the University of Minnesota Graduate Medical Education Office. The content and opinions discussed on this podcast are meant for informational purposes only. Thank you for listening today. On today's episode, I discuss milestone evaluations. They were created by the ACGME and relevant American Board of Medical Specialties to provide residents and fellows with an assessment of where they fall in the six core clinical competencies, which are practice-based learning and improvement, patient care and procedural skills, systems-based practice, medical knowledge, interpersonal and communication skills, and professionalism. They are designed... To help all residencies and fellowships produce highly competent physicians to meet the 21st century health and healthcare needs of the public. The milestones can be found on the ACGME website, on each specialty review committee's webpage, as well as the milestones webpage. Milestones for each resident and fellow are reported to the ACGME via their accreditation data system and need to be entered twice per year. Here with us today, and to discuss them more and how her program utilizes them, we have Dr. Nitcher, a palliative care physician, board certified in internal medicine and hospice and palliative medicine, and the program director for the Hospice and Palliative Medicine Fellowship at Health Fairview University Minnesota Health System. Thank you, Dr. Nicher, for volunteering your time here to discuss milestone evaluations with us.
1: Yeah, thank you for setting up this podcast for us program directors.
0: Yes, super glad to have you and excited to talk more on milestone evaluations with you. When in your career did you first hear about milestone evaluations?
1: Oh, great question. I think it was probably around 2016 as faculty on the HPM fellowship program when the then program director introduced us to the milestones and how we would start using them for our fellow evaluations.
0: And what was kind of your understanding of milestone evaluations at that time?
1: At that time, I think my very first impression was like, whoa, this is pretty complex. And then hearing more about it, I liked that it gave everybody a sense where each trainee is, if used right. Um, But it, it also was clear that it takes the faculty some work to get to know your specific milestones so that you can really use them in a way that helps everybody and doesn't just go back to the hand-waving, you know, I think this guy is doing okay. And so I give him a middle-of-the-road checkbox.
0: Okay. About how long did it take you to kind of understand all the milestones for your specialty and how to use them appropriately for each resident and fellow?
1: To be totally honest, I think there's never-ending learning to be done around the milestones. And they go really deep into what we want our trainees to take away from our training programs and how we wanna give them feedback and how we want our faculty to work with them. So you can go in all sorts of rabbit holes. I think by now I feel really comfortable in getting a good sense of is someone on track or not? Do we need to dig in deeper into something? And then also realize there are some milestones that are just harder to get a really good sense of our fellows with than others, right? So I think all our programs Probably have an easier time with the patient care type milestones than with the system facing milestones.
0: Is it just you that fills out the milestone evaluations, or are there committees, or do other faculty fill out milestone evaluations for your trainees?
1: Great question. So, we in our program, our coordinator has pulled out the milestones as a questionnaire that or a survey she sends out in RMS, so the new innovations survey system. And at the end of each block, the faculty gets an opportunity to complete those milestone surveys. And then in the clinical competency meeting that happens twice a year, and I think there's probably a podcast done or coming about that as well. That's when we really sit down as a group of faculty and discuss the progress people are not making with the milestones. So when I work clinically with fellows and I complete milestone surveys, otherwise I contribute as a member of the clinical competency meeting. But I wouldn't say that my role is much different from other faculty when it comes to the like individual milestone assessments.
0: Is it required for all faculty to fill out milestone evaluations? Or is there some way that you maybe require faculty or can ensure that all faculty are filling out a milestone evaluations?
1: Yeah, and I think you hit a sore point of DME training. It's always striking the balance between getting as much input from our faculty as possible without overburdening them because they're already doing all this great work with our trainees. So for us, it's worked really well to have the survey send it out. Our program coordinator is great to go over like how much did we get in return before we have the clinical competency meetings. And then she often reaches out again if it just seems very little and reminds people. And often that's all it takes to get enough. I think I would be shocked if I ever had all my faculty sent back the survey, but we get enough and and faculty is very good at picking up on things that need to be addressed. So I think the information we have is, is good enough, which especially in the current day and age. I'm, I'm very happy with that.
0: As far as trainees coming into the program, I know that there are different levels of milestones. Do all trainees start at the same level or can they be at different levels?
1: That is a really interesting question, and something I actually want to get a more detailed sense of the short answer is no, they definitely don't start at the same level, which I think, especially for the fellowship programs, is much more pronounced. I could imagine after medical school going into residency, people are more similar, but for us we we have such a wide array of backgrounds so we we train emergency medicine uh, fellows internal medicine, family medicine. We had a surgeon last year, so. And then people who are mid-career, people who are fresh from residency. So it it just is this really fantastic selection of trainees and they start at very different points. And I think what we've been brainstorming about is how do we get a sense where people are when they come in so we can right from the get-go focus on where is it helpful for them to put their effort and time. What I've started doing this year with the fellows is there's the milestones and then there's the entrustable professional activities. The milestones go into much more detail. So I start working with the EPAs, with the fellows, but to to just ask them, you know, when you look at this list, what feels like something where you really want to work on and what feels like things where you feel you're already quite comfortable with. We all know that self-assessment is limited, so we wouldn't just completely go by that. But I think it gives a good insight into where people are as they start the fellowship.
0: And do you find that trainees are pretty honest with themselves to where they feel they are?
1: So I've done it once with the fellows this year, mid-year, where they already have established a relationship. And so I feel it was a really helpful tool. And I think for me as a fellowship program director, I have the advantage that people train in a training program they don't have to do. So they really want to lean into the pieces where they want to work on and which don't work so well. I think automatically our space feels much safer than I can imagine a residency program but I could imagine that in residency also people really want to know because like the other side of that coin is you also get a very explicit sense of where am I doing okay right and what is going well and and I think to focus on that and give people the grounding and confidence that also allows them then to focus and lean into the pieces that are more difficult for them and more work.
0: So kind of on that same end how do you guide your trainees to progress throughout these milestones?
1: And that is also a very riddled with rabbit holes. I think big picture, each milestone has a slightly different characteristic or personality in a way. And to some milestones, it's really easy in a way to, to say, let's pick your patients that you pick up on the consult service. Or when we see someone in clinic, let's focus on these elements that the milestone encompasses where you identified you want to work on other milestones might be most accessible through asynchronous learning there's you know each specialty probably has has courses that are available online or reading material or things where people can grow without actually getting exposed and often that's just very rare situations or things that are more system based and about how do we fit into the whole healthcare system with our specialty. And then there's some milestones where, you know, an elective might be a great opportunity. So it it depends a little bit on the milestone, but to really sit down with the fellow and listen, which aspect of the milestone is the piece that is, and with faculty, same conversation, right? Like, is it the knowledge piece or the skills or the attitude? And that really defines where we support and how we support our fellows.
0: So it sounds like you have a ton of information possibly more than you need to answer all of these milestone evaluation questions. Approximately, how much time do you or someone else or the clinical competence committee spend either each year or each month going through all these milestone evaluations for each trainee?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So for our clinical competency committee, we have one of our facts, our APD actually has taken over the task of preparing for the committee meeting. And so he synthesizes all the information we have and essentially completes the milestone evaluations for the ADS. And then we sit down and talk about, you know, where have there been discrepancies? Does anybody have concerns? And really spend the time focusing on the pieces that are worthwhile focusing. And one piece that we want to add but we haven't done yet is to then also develop a learning goal for each of the fellows that kind of grows out of the clinical competency meeting. So your meetings are going to be the typical hour plus in, in small programs, like ours, right? This probably looks very different for the big programs. We have six fellows going through our program, but the meetings take the classic hour. You have to have a meeting twice a year. Every faculty has to fill out the surveys, our APD, Dr. Townsend probably I could imagine spends a few hours combining the data. And then the program coordinator has work around that. So I think it would probably, with a very conservative estimate, 10 hours a year. And also, I think that the piece of the assessment and the feedback loop is something I think I want to spend more time on in the future, because that really defines the quality of the individual training and learning.
0: At what point do you identify that a trainee is struggling in a certain milestone? And you mentioned individualized learning plans, but how do you help them out or sit with them and help identify kind of what's been going on and how to help them progress?
1: I think there's a few ways to find out that someone is struggling and usually it's, and hopefully it's not by looking at the surveys, but it's like faculty reaching out to me. And that's so far how things have come up. And then they get confirmed in the survey and you look at the surveys and you say, oh yeah, other people have picked up on a trend and some faculty was alarmed enough to, or worried enough to reach out. And then the first step is to hear more about it, what the faculty has seen and is worried about, then to hear the fellow side. And as you say, often there's something going on that really clarifies where we have to put our work occasionally it stays fuzzy and then it gets really tricky because then it's hard to focus your efforts. But usually I feel, especially with the amount of self-motivation our learners bring, it is very straightforward to turn it into a learning opportunity and and go away from this sense of it's going wrong. But I'm very glad we identified this early enough so we can work on it and help you grow in a really meaningful way. And yeah, I think that's always my my like, anxiety the day before the clinical competency meeting is that something shows up that we had no idea about and it's a big deal, but I think the system is set up well enough that it doesn't happen that way. And we, we did put an alert on our survey so we get an automatic notification if someone has like very low milestone results so we can check back with the faculty and, and write, in real time address those. But usually we hear back anyway.
0: Awesome. Sounds like you have a great process set up. Can fellowships see milestone evaluations for prospective applicants?
1: When I saw that question, I was like, wait, what we can. So I reached out to a residency uh, program director, and so we cannot see them. And it's a great question, and I wonder especially as we move more to a competency-based training model. For me as a program director, it would be so helpful to learn where they are already excelling and where do they need more work? Because then we wouldn't start with this clear sense of who is coming in. Always aware of the risk that you perpetuate like a wrong label that someone picked up on the way. So I I would want to take it with a grain of salt, but I think it would be great to be able to create that continuity in training.
0: You said that you have six trainees in your program and so i'm thinking more of programs with 60 plus trainees i'm just curious when do you start kind of consolidating all this data and entering it into ads
1: you know i have that same question how do those programs navigate that i think it takes a good process to identify a process that works for you so our which granted is much smaller but i think scalable is that you know, as the APD gathers the data, he shares it with our program coordinator and she starts populating ADS and then finalizes after the committee meeting. And I think to prepare upfront is really crucial in, in how I experience this process, but who knows, right? Maybe there's this program who has a great process and does it all after the meeting, but that's hard to imagine.
0: Is there anything that maybe you wanted to mention briefly or anything that i maybe didn't mention that you were hoping to mention
1: yeah one thing i would love to just give a platform for a moment is that our program is part of a acgme pilot for a competency based time variable pathway and that is a model so that fellow goes through the training really based on his individualized learning plan it's a key this year but so in, on the individualized learning plan and then based on tools that are very specific and, and one of them is very closely modeled on the milestones. So we ask our faculty to complete those evaluation tools and then revisit the individualized learning plan initially every six months later more frequently. And then once the fellow has progressed to being deemed ready for independent practice, ready to graduate and so to move away from this process-based learning to really to the competency based learning and i think that's a very exciting opportunity to make graduate medical education more accessible for people who might be at a stage in their career or lives that don't allow for a full-time program and also more meaningful for the individual because we really understand where they are in their progress and what they need and i think for us as a program it has created much additional awareness of the importance of assessment and connecting back to the trainee and also giving the faculty tools to assess. So for Hospice and Palliative Medicine, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine has great resources on their website. So I would encourage all program directors to look out at their societies if they have, you know, evaluation tools, resources, how other programs structure their process because there's a lot of really smart people working on this for each specialty and it would be a shame to miss out on their work as you figure it out for your program.
0: And so to elaborate more on your pilot evaluation program, is this something that's different from milestone evaluations?
1: Oh, sorry. So ACTME approved the pilot, so it's also an accredited program. The milestones are really the backbone of this program. So. They've dropped the other requirements. And I think most specialty have a requirement that the trainee needs X amount of time with this service or X amount of experience in that care delivery model or so that you automatically have a time requirement. And ACG, uh, ACGME dropped all of those for us. But we do have to show the progress through the milestones. So it's it's really competency-based without those other requirements. And it's in a way, it's a milestone-based educational program.
0: And so how long have you been running this pilot program for?
1: So it came out of UPenn. They started the first fellow in 2019. And we started our first fellow in last summer. So summer 2021. And it's it, we've been really lucky. And it's been going very, very well so far. And it's an incredibly exciting opportunity to really dig deeper into this topic and this kind of thinking about training.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, and I feel like there's no right exact one way to evaluate a trainee and it's just kind of a continually evolving process. Yes. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Did you have any other comments or any other uh, things that you would like to say?
1: No, I think that's it. I think program director is a pretty, like can be a a little lonely and so if anybody wants to reach out and you know geek out more about milestones I'm always happy to be in touch. <laughs> so
0: okay. And then are you okay with me putting your email in the description? Yes. That would be great actually. Okay. All
1: right. Thank you for doing this.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much and uh have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. If you have any questions for Dr. Nitcher, you can reach out to her via email which is found in the description below for additional information on milestones please visit the acgme website and their dedicated milestones page which contains specialty specific milestones commonly asked questions and other content the links can be found below thank you for joining us today this podcast was produced by logan for more episodes and other program director-related content, visit z.umn.edu forward slash program director.